Welcome back to episode 136 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here in Chess Journeys, we love to explore the glories of ratings gain, but we also dive into the more normal stuff, the plateaus, even the pits of despair below that. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys, and I do want to thank our queen-level supporters, Mike Rebeshi, Blundergoat, Tim Everett, Scott D4B6 Joe, Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Donna Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, Jeff Peterson, Tobias Rex, Bob Berger, Nicholas Harrigan, Rich, Bradley Fenner, Fletcher Ray, Nathan Peterson, Christian Glaw, and our King-level supporter, Ian Samples. If you want to appear on the show, you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. We do all want to hear your story. Um, you could also message me on Twitter. That works. And if you're interested in Noel Studer's Next Level Training Program, well, great news. You can use the code in the show notes. It supports the show. It gets you a discount. Everyone wins. And today, I bring in a guest, uh, David. He's an electrician. He's a motorcycle club member. He's a dedicated chess improver. And he is someone who has battled addiction, and chess is a part of his recovery. So I think it'll be a fascinating conversation today. David, welcome to the show. And have you had a chance to play any chess yet today? Yeah, thanks for the enthusiastic intro, Kevin. That was my best I've got in my life. But yeah, I played uh, one blitz game because I knew the question was coming. And I actually, uh, you know, sneaked out uh, one of the bishops supporting mates on the back rank. So it was kind of nice. Ooh, nice. So, okay. And yeah. when you say you played blitz, what time control do you normally play? Um, Like on the toilet or just in general? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Five. <laughs> five five straight up i okay. it's uh something that gives you a chance to think about it for a minute so yeah nice okay i played one blitz game as well just because i like to be able to say i have played before the interview and uh my opponent did a really cool combination they won a piece and i was like oh no i'm dead and i almost resigned and i was like i'll play a little bit longer i guess and he offered a queen trade and i moved my queen over and then he pre-moved taking my queen like yeah. thinking thinking that i was going to take this other piece and we would trade queens but i had moved my queen out of the way and i just took his queen and was like yeah. okay and then he resigned i'm like all right i don't know what's going on here anymore i'm not sure this game counts but i technically won the game so there was that right. on was that on lee chess no it was on chess oh. yeah yeah so. i wonder because they might be like can i have that one back you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah person did not ask for take backs i don't even have it turned on on chess.com so I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. And I uh, wouldn't let them take it back. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of take backs, especially in Blitz. I mean, if we're playing a long game and something weird happens, that's fine. But Blitz, like, that's part of the game. You're going to miss yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. It, exactly. I mean, the, the single, the single, uh, chess moves where you're making a queen move one square to the side or left are my favorite, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Was that what it was like queen on B3 and then you moved over to C3 and then took it back on B3 or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was just like that it was like, okay, well, I'm dead. I guess I'll attack this, this, uh, you know, pawn on the B file and maybe I can get a pawn for my whole piece. And instead I got a queen. So I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. I'll take it. It's a good deal. Good deal for me. Best mornings. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, David, let's talk about your chess journey. I, I guess I want to start with like, where are you at right now in your journey? How many, how long have you been playing? Yeah, it's, it's been about three years. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, I would just generously say like 1100 rapid, uh, chess.com. And mm -hmm. 
it's been tough to get that yeah. far. So yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the I, one thing that I've noticed is that I feel like historically we've thought if you're eleven hundred, that means like you know how the pieces move, and <laughs> you know you you're you barely know what you're doing, and it feels like now eleven hundred means you're pretty dang good. You just hang some pieces sometimes, as as you know we all do, and you just maybe hang them a little bit more. But I've noticed that eleven hundreds feel like they're quite good at chess. What's what's been your experience? Do you feel like eleven hundreds are generally pretty knowledgeable about chess? Uh, absolutely. Like for instance, you know, I think eight months into the journey, I I hit like seven fifty to eight hundred, and I remember it being a special event, and I knew that I could beat anybody who didn't play chess. And I know that sounds strange to say that, but yeah. if somebody from the streets like play me in a game, I'm like, I'm, if you know how the pieces move and we're playing mainly like 10, 10 minute chess, uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm pro I'm more than likely going to win. I, I don't think that I'm going to lose it. So, yeah. and that was a special event. <laughs> so to get higher than that um, is always the quest, but yeah, we make mistakes and and uh whatnot and so forth most chess players would would be resilient in the fact that they continue to to do it like uh my whole you know chess journey i think we started i started at walmart when i was like 18 i got a job at walmart and mm -hmm. uh we we played chess at lunchtime and mm -hmm. uh i lost all the uh you know but nobody was very good it was just sloshing the pieces around i'll bet you a lot of the moves were illegal even but nobody <laughs> knew it you know yeah so then i i read uh <clears throat> i think back then i i read uh jeremy or no uh yasser sarawan's uh mm. winning trash chess strategy and that gotcha. was i just picked it up and i remember being in the basement with a board you know uh looking through the book so that i could win the games when we <laughs> played at lunchtime which had actually improved a lot and i was able to win but then when you right. start winning it's like nobody uh wants to play anymore oh, or, or i i wasn't really civilized about it though <laughs> you did a lot of trash talking well you know i mean <laughs> it's like poking the bear it's yeah it's sick pleasure but uh you know yeah. it's like the slow clap on at yeah. chess.com like that with somebody hung your queen like that did you did you do any gesture like a tear no uh, no 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 i don't do anything like that well i do i, I just move along uh, i'm i'm not <laughs> nice about it so but we all have fine. our own ways right yeah yeah uh, i think uh what's funny is my daughter's going through something similar at her school she's in a chess class and she's like the only tournament chess player most of the kids are just like yeah I, i'm i'm really good at chess and then the teacher's like that's an illegal move and they're like oh okay um that's the no no the knight only moves three squares I'm like oh cool okay yeah like i told you i'm really good at chess um and so my <laughs> daughter crushes them all and now they're like i don't really want to play against her and the teacher will be like come on someone has to play isabella so yeah uh, hear what you're going yeah through. i mean I think, uh, yeah, I was thinking about it, that um, that's something that's important is, you know, players that are equal your level. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of sad. I hope I hope that some of the players, you know, improve so that she can get that, uh, you know, competition. So, yeah, she kind of likes this, I think, because she has 
different levels she plays that right she plays in a tournament with me every wednesday night mm. and the competition's really high there and she really struggles so it's kind of Perfect. a good ego boost for her to be like kind of like what you were saying like look you've reached a level where you can beat anyone who doesn't play chess now like if right. anyone walks up to you and they're like you play chess i love chess and you're like oh really do you play online and they're like no i play with my dad you're like you're gonna win yeah um, exactly so it's, it's kind of a good feeling for her i think to realize that she's reached that point that's awesome yeah i'm glad that i'm glad that it, she's getting that uh motivation because i think a lot of it we read about it anyway and psychologically and in, in in competition and chess that it's important to uh you know believe you can when i think even uh was it neil bruce was talking about it on your podcast i think it was last week where mm -hmm. he was like you know that's important to know that i can do it yeah you know? yeah exactly so so what happened next? You start dominating everyone at Walmart. Did they eventually huh. fire you because you were too good at chess? Is that what happened? No, I mean, I, it would have been blessed. I, I can't imagine. Hopefully, uh, I think I just got a better job, but okay. a better paying okay. job, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, the qualifications that I actually learned there, I was able to produce to work at a grocery store that had lower amount of people, but you were kind of required to do a little bit more of the, in the experience that I got in grocery stocking at the time. But gotcha. Then, uh, yeah, I just, I think I, I thought chess was cool in the back of my mind after that, but I, it was stowed away, locked away, uh, until honestly, like most people, the, the queen's gambit, you know? Oh, you know? okay. So then. Wait, hold on. So that's really interesting. So you spent time studying chess, basically just with the exclusive purpose of beating the chumps that you worked with. And then once you beat them, you were like, cool, I accomplished my mission. Right. I didn't understand <laughs> even then, you know, I think it was just, I was playing a couple guys and mm -hmm. uh, we, I won the one gentleman and I think he got frustrated and, and I think that was the end of it. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, um, like most players who don't play chess, when you beat them, they're like, I'm done. And you're just like, yeah. wait a second. You know, like we just right. started. It yeah. should be like, can I play again? You know, right most yeah of the time like a chess player would be like let me let me try one more time at that yeah right i want to try this other thing out and see if this one works yeah like give me another one and and thank you honestly so yeah it's, it's a it's a hard thing to face i think uh yeah the book i i don't know how well i like really harbored it but i remember sitting in the basement of my dad's house at the time like just mm. you know with a chess board and and uh looking at the book so yeah, but really cool. Yeah, after watching the Queen's Gambit, I <clears> think, <throat> you know, you think, hmm, maybe I'll try to do this, you know, and yeah, uh, like the the sobriety thing uh, helped with that because Queen's Gambit was right during lockdown. So like, mm, if you yeah. were having problems with alcohol, which I I don't want to like throw the the military under the bus for it because i did these problems before that but like mm -hmm. i was in submarines and i oh, think wow, the yeah. culture was you know, <clears throat> in the navy was to party you know so we right. drink a lot once you get out of the navy you're just like you still have these habits that are they kind of flow with what you're doing so then you know 10 years go by and you're just like wow i'm still doing what i was doing mm. just you know you know, drinking beer and, and going to sleep and going to work. And that yeah. was kind of life, which isn't really life. So it was kind of sad. And then uh, I think the, the COVID happened and everybody was like, well, there's nothing to do. You can't go anywhere. So then the mm -hmm. alcoholic mind, you're like, well, I'm going to just going to 
drink and and this is perfect you know yeah. uh and no one will know but so then you uh i got some help i called up the alcoholics anonymous helpline and mm. uh, they had a meeting actually a digital meeting that night that moment that minute that i had <laughs> asked for help which is the great thing about yeah anonymous is that they help you like that and there's always somebody there to to, to, to assist you with things so then uh i started to you know uh, i'll be like four years sober in on april 13th which is you know an accomplishment but i had a lot of help and i couldn't have done it without the help so i don't really know like uh that's when like six months into my sobriety i learned about uh the sober riders motorcycle club and mm. then they got me uh i got to some meetings and and talked with those um pals and then we started to go on some long motorcycle trips which that's uh, cool are any of them chess players by any chance um no not no. really uh they, do you talk chess with them or are they like come on man enough of the chess I, talk yeah exactly i i've tried to and and i yeah. will i do always you know but <laughs> yeah. it, it it's it's something that uh i've tried to stop doing recently yeah so because i i actually um last year i met my well you know i met my old lady what we say in the motorcycle club community and she's uh she's just amazing so it's been a it's been a blessed journey in the last four years from going nice. from where i was to where i'm at and the the honestly i think being alone is a difficult thing in in mm -hmm. just becoming sober so what you do when you're alone um is a hard thing to figure out so do you yeah. play music or i think once uh i got sober and then i started to i did jujitsu for about six months and i would like mm. hurt my arm or my leg and yeah like i'm an electrician so i use my body all the time and uh, yeah. i'd be at work with my arm above my head and i'm like i can't you know get hurt anymore so then i i decided uh to stop doing that but i still you know kept exercising or running on the treadmill or or just maintaining a cardiovascular fitness uh aspect of the importance of that so then mm -hmm. like to make a long story i guess i'm on a podcast so i'll just talk but uh <laughs> it's it's um yeah once i i changed jobs so they're building and they were building a new prison like i'm from utah so they were building mm -hmm. a new prison and my buddy was on the project and he goes he called me and we went he's like i come here and help you know and i was like all right i'll i'll go you know change jobs or whatever those things are hard but i i believed in what he was telling me so they were playing mm -hmm. chess at lunch similarly to the exact same way that uh... I at walmart which is interesting <clears throat> but then we uh we started to play and then i was like all right i remembered watching the queen's gambit and i remember i had kind of changed a lot in the last that was about i think um about a year into my sobriety so i hmm. changed kind of you know like yeah i, I started to uh read a i read a book it was uh you know the late and great jeremy silman's uh what was it amateur's mind which is hilarious mm. when we were talking about rating because at the end of that i think they have like a a, a 700 um nine-year-old that's like mm -hmm. uh black made a scary move i don't like when black makes scary moves and I, <laughs> I remember right. reading that thinking that's hilarious because i fought <laughs> to get to 700 you know like right it was an accomplishment i remember like being like wow i'm i'm pretty good at this you know yeah 
And you probably didn't classify things in the same way, right? You had like all these advanced topics and ideas that you were applying as a 700 and, and to read yeah. a little kid, just say that move looks scary. Probably was jarring <laughs> for you. I was like, this is awesome. You know, I, I, I really laughed hard at that. It was a reward at the end of the book um, that I, I greatly enjoyed. And I didn't, I mean, it's just different now. I've heard you say it. I've heard countless people say it. I think, uh, Neil Bruce was saying it last week was like two thousands are now, you know, 1900 and yeah. it's a hundred points below or so. Um, yeah. I feel like it's more so at the lower range too. Like it's like that floor, the people at the bottom know so much more than they used to just because it's like, there's so much more information out there. People get so many more games um, because of the online stuff. I don't, that's just my own theory. I don't, I don't know if that's correct. Absolutely. Like, uh, it's, it's insane. The amount of, uh, well, I think that's like similar to electrical theory where we're talking about in electricians, you have to go to school and be an apprentice and then go to work. And mm -hmm. the application of the work side is the skill and the application mm -hmm. of the knowledge side is like, well, what am I doing that for? Yeah. You know, what exactly? And I would say for the most part, you're using the skills, but you know, it's, it's something to be cognizant of when mm -hmm. you need to know something like to recall back like why am i doing that yeah you know so um okay so you get you got into chess again with your friends again at lunch and again <laughs> you got a book so i guess my first question for you is this why do you keep turning to books what is it about books that that sort of bring you in and think they're the answer for your problems great clarification kevin that conveniently brings me to my next point i had carried that book for 10 years with me oh, you know like okay i had bought it and never read it so gotcha. it was just in passing i think did you I buy was... that back in the walmart days like that was gonna be your next book uh <laughs> hurt near you know uh maybe a year uh, out of it and i yeah. think it was during christmas shopping or something and oh, i was okay. just walking around yeah uh, and saw it at amazon or not sorry amazon wasn't there yet but it was at right. uh you know barnes and noble gotcha so i had had the book and that's why <laughs> it's funny because i started to like chess and listen to chess podcast and then i got onto perpetual chess podcast and mm -hmm. that one was excellent and then i think that's where i learned about you was mm -hmm. one of the episodes where you were you did the Sharashevsky's Endgame manual. Yep. Uh, and I actually bought that book um, digitally. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Chessable, but I've never. I've yeah. looked at it. I mean, I try, you know, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's I I would say it's certainly not tailored to your rating. You might still get something out of it, but yeah, probably wait a little bit longer for that one. Yeah, I mean it's it's there and it's digital like. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think it was last year they had like a Christmas sale thing and it was half mm -hmm. off and I was like, I'm going to buy this because it's important, but yeah. I never have looked at it. So I'll need it at some point. Okay. Yeah. So you, you picked up Amateur's Mind because you just had it and you were like, uh, I'm playing chess again. I might as well read this. Uh, did you read the whole thing? Did you just kind of dip into different parts of it? So, yeah, I probably stopped right where you start earning your wings, so to speak, on the actual analysis that you're trying to interpret. So after the, you know, the I think the last game that his students um, asserted were the uh, the boy who was like a 900 
uh, nine-year-old and then the girl who was like a 705-year-old or something like that. Mm. Um, and those were the two chess analyses that he used as the last um, game to input. And then from there, it was your own, you know, heuristic yeah. approach to actually deciphering what you thought the answer was for the positions. And I, hmm. I didn't actually do that, but I, okay. You, know, so you read all the good. games. What'd right. you feel like you got from amateur's mind? Like, were you instantly better? Is it just stuff that's kind of kicked around in your mind? Um, well, I don't remember. Uh, I think part of it was just, I had the book for so long and I needed to finish mm. it. And I think <laughs> it was more maybe begrudgingly. Okay. You know, so but I still greatly enjoyed the text. And yeah, I think probably what you start to think about from those books are like imbalances, like even considering before that, maybe you're just like, this is how the knight moves. But now you're thinking, well, I have two bishops, you know, and I know that two bishops are important, apparently, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's that's even having that uh, knowledge is is significant. Right. And I think what you just said there is so important, that difference between knowledge and skill, right? Like we read in these books, the two bishops are are good. And you're like, okay. And then sometimes you just kind of stumble in positions where you're like, I know the two bishops are good. I don't know why. And then they are good, right? Because they're just that good. But then there's other games where it's like, you had the two bishops. Why didn't you do all this stuff? And you're like, well, because I don't really know why the two bishops are good. I only know that they are good, right? Yeah. So. I think it's really that fascinating difference of I like I feel like at your level you have a ton of knowledge at my level I have a ton of knowledge and as we move up it's like figuring out how to turn that knowledge into usable skills that we can then put in our games. Yeah. And I uh I mean I've read about somebody saying there's like this book called Move First Think Later. I don't know if you've read that but that mm. one seems applicable to yeah, what uh, we're trying to learn there, because I'm not so sure that we're actually going to be thinking about using the knowledge by that point. Once you've mm-hmm. developed the skill, it's something that maybe you intuit and then you delve into after that, but kind of uh, a gift from above, so to speak, you know? So yeah, once we're thinking about it, are we, you know, I think the whole, um, how deep are we thinking about something? I, I have a book called like Cognitive, uh, psychology, which talks about decision-making. And that's kind of why I chose my, my chess name, which is like satisficing mm-hmm. because we can make a decision that suffices for the time we're in and satisfies the current situation, but there's no perfect one. Mm. So if we just dwell on, you know, thinking about it, then we lose the actual application of applying a best case decision, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So interesting stuff. Yeah, right. recently we just kind of started. I moved in with my my old lady in October. You know, oh, we've been okay. uh, cool. having, you know, like she rode with me on the bike to San Diego. We had a great trip, and nice. we've developed, you know, this last year. So it it was coming out here. I I started playing in a chess club in Salt Lake. It's mm-hmm. Sunset Coffee Chess Club, and you don't know. So that was also a pivotal thing in keeping me playing was the people that I was playing with. So like my buddy at work soon, I was able to thwart him and then he (laughs) kept playing, but uh, didn't, 
really get into it and then i was like well i'm gonna get into it so you've done i did jujitsu where you go to a club and mm -hmm. uh, you learn jujitsu so you need another person to get a black belt you don't just become one yeah so you need another person when you're playing chess to become a black belt in chess so mm -hmm. then i went to the club and it turns out you're playing you know the utah state blitz champion when you're sitting down to him you don't know that so you're just yeah. like i think i think i lost every game I think, but when new players would come in, they'd be like, hey, you know, play David here. And then I would play him and I'd be like, they'd, they they would ask me, did you win? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I won that person. Okay. You know? And I think the the players that you get with, I just, I mean, we still are in a group chat text and I, I just cool. love them. Like, I love those, those players. They just, uh, you know, we've had experiences together. We would like go to Denny's after playing and Mm -hmm. and all of them would be like two hours late to chess club. You'd show up at seven and actually the players get there at nine. And then you sit there until like one in the morning <laughs> in a coffee shop That's playing fun. chess. And then I'd go to work at like four. Oh, so wow. I, well, I used to drink a lot. So I was like, well, I'll just treat this as my hungover day, you know? So I, my, my Wednesdays, <laughs> I'm just going to be in pain. Oh, you know? wow. But That's um, really interesting. So you're able to to take some of the some of your previous life experience and and still use it in a productive way that's pretty cool well i didn't i didn't like enjoy it but i think right. that it's it's something that helped me a lot and now that i live you know a little bit farther north i i started a chess club like it started last week oh that's cool there was you know four grown men that showed up and one eight-year-old and the eight-year-old beat all of us and and I remember him watching me and the the other guy playing and he was like, there's a there's a checkmate on the board is what he said to me. And I'm like looking at the young man like, oh, OK, uh, so you're saying that I have a mate and I'm like, is it a checkmate in one or two? And he just laughed and I was like, OK. And then I thought for a minute <laughs> and it was like a knight takes, you know, something and then a checkmate with the queen and knight. Yeah. So. OK, so not uh, a checkmate in one, just just to him, there's a checkmate in the board means he sees a checkmate at some point. Yeah, he was he was cool. I mean, it was That's it was cool. it was the first week and mm -hmm. it was like Sunday at four because I figure most chess players seems like they're just kind of in the afternoon kind of guys yeah. or girls, you know, like if we That's look cool. at I don't know if you've heard the Bobby Fisher autobiography, I guess, Endgame, you know? Yeah, I've 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 read Endgame. Yeah. Oh, see, he just he wouldn't he wouldn't even play at like eleven thirty, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, well, that's cool. So what is it about sort of the um, club atmosphere that you think is so important to, is it about chess improvement for you or is it more just about like chess camaraderie having a club like that? Well, um, I guess I would like delve into uh, some like manners. Like, I don't know if you've heard of a book called like Choosing Civility by P.M. Forney. Mm -mm. He says there's a quote in it. I don't know who says it, but it's like there is no happiness without human relationships. So, you know, let's say we had chess.com and we had a computer and we had infinite amount of time and we played chess.com and we were way good at chess. I don't think that you would be happy at the end of it mm. because you're just there's nobody else to enjoy it with. So, mm -hmm. um when we go and you play a, a person and then they say, you know, good game, it's, it's special, you yeah. know, um, they lock their keys in their car. Like you give them a book, they never return it, you know, uh, all the, the joys of knowing people, you mm -hmm. know? So 
um, and then then their suggestions and the interactions are are uh, what propel me personally. I guess you could be I a person who's externally or internally motivated. Mm-hmm. Myself personally, I would be like an externally motivated human. Where you know, I'm not saying I need uh like pat on the back, but that's nice. But I need somebody else there personally. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. so like down here they have a chess club that it just started on it was on thursday nights but i can't make it because i'm working so i i went there one day like i left work early to go and talk with the guy and i was like look you know um i can't make this and then he told me his name and and he actually showed up to the new one and you know i remembered it slightly i didn't remember exactly his name but i like kind Mm -hmm. of recalled it and you could already tell that there was a connection right when we play these people and you're playing in jujitsu and stuff like you roll with somebody you have an experience with them they can see how you are as a human like are you uh aggressive do you and then mm-hmm. uh, same thing with chess like how uh somebody plays is is going to be kind of you know uh you shake hands before and after those those type of um civility nature things actually are how we deal with people and, it, and it's important mm-hmm. you know even in the rules in the fide it's like I saw the video of like Nigel Short getting a, a game one because nobody, the guy wouldn't shake his hand for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but mm-hmm. like these, these civilized things are important, yeah. you know? Interesting. Okay. So for you, you feel like it's much more than the pursuit of a number or something like that or some rating number, but it's really the pursuit of human relationships. And, and do you think it sounds like you're saying those relationships motivate you to work harder and do even better because there is another human in front of you that you can interact with? A hundred percent. Okay. Like without a doubt, I, I think about it sometimes like we were doing a trip back from San Diego in the motorcycle club and one of the riders going through the Mojave in the desert, like they just got tired. So we had to put the bike on the trailer and it, the trailer was like four feet off the ground and it took maybe an hour and a half and the other two riders mm. kept going and I stayed and loaded the bike on the trailer and it was hard, you know? And then mm-hmm. when you get to the destination, maybe a couple of weeks later, some of the other riders come up and talk to you and they're like, Hey, you know, your brothers are like, you know, we, we were there at four 30, you guys didn't get there till nine 30, you know? And I'm thinking, do you think that's because we weren't going like the, mm-hmm. the fact that the person broke down and we had loaded on and everybody went through that experience is what made it an experience right mm-hmm. so like i could have just went 98 miles an hour and made it to the next stop and i would have been there at 3 30 and, and and got in line at the the buffet and been happy but like if they're cognizant of what actually is important i would say it's not the, the speed or how fast you get there but honestly yeah. just the journey right we heard that a million even chess journeys right so it's yeah. the process of getting there and I'm not yeah. even concerned so much about the rating. I am. I believe it's important. I'm not going to knock it. I know that like there's a great respect between like 1800. When I think of that number, it's like, wow, that's incredible. You know? And if, and the little kid who came to the chess club last week, he's like, I'm a 1400 blitz player. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like you must be just incredible at chess because that's a hard thing to do, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It sounds like you're really leaning into the process in lots of areas of your life and, and just kind of fully 
taking that in and and it sounds like that's where happiness is for you is in the process rather than sort of like the destination was that is that right absolutely i would i would concur with that wholeheartedly kevin nice you know yeah i think that's a healthy way especially to approach chess like you said where you're at in 1800 seems like amazing right like almost unreachable where i'm at i'm pretty close to 1800 but to me even like 2000 feels like almost uh like these this this unreachable place even though it's not that far from me but they're just so good at chess and i'm like okay yeah i i, I mean <clears throat> those are things that i i still think about i'm not going to like i'm, yeah. I'm very concerned about rating too and mm -hmm. And uh, but it does but, sound like process, process overrating, but also, you know, wanting to get better and reach the next ratings. What's your current rating goal then? You said you're about 1100. Is there anything you're shooting for? Yeah, just where you're at, Kevin, 1800. I think okay. that's a solid is the goal. I'm like gonna be pretty half. I would just be like, that's as good as mm. <laughs> I, I mean, it just seems astronomical. I'm not, I'm not even saying that could take a lifetime to get there, but I'm not. Yeah, uh, I want to get there. I'm know. not there yet, and it feels like it's taken a lifetime just to try to get from 1650 to 1800. I got to I got to 1780, and then lost like 30 points at my last tournament. So now I'm back to 1750. David, you, I may never make it. You might beat me there. I don't know. Who huh? knows? That's hilarious. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I know you'll make it, and then maybe we'll play again. You know. So right now you would just crush me and then i would you know be like thank you so that's the weird thing about chess players yeah. i'm like thank you so much so yeah yeah uh, losing to, to players above you and learning from them is, is a useful part of the journey um okay so you read amateur's mind uh what have you been doing in the last you know year or two have, do you still find books to read do you have other processes for trying to get better at chess like what's what does it look like for you when you say i'm trying to get better yeah, that's that's an excellent. So, uh, my my old lady actually was able to tell me the right answer. She said, uh, you know, because I've been binging on Blitz, like the chess culture in the club level of down in Salt Lake in in Utah is like Blitz. You know, five zero three two. Okay. I'm um, not even five five, which is you know, uh, too fast. You know, sometimes I think yeah. when the guy's like three, two, is that, is that okay? And I'm like, well, why don't we just throw the pieces against the wall and then we'll just call it a game, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. But I wasn't in, I, I like uh, a 15, 10 now. So mm. if I was trying to really cultivate, I also bought this super cool Kevin chestnut chessboard air. Ooh, it's like an cool. air chessboard and it's yeah. just, it's so much cooler to play a physical board that digitally moves the pieces on your, on your screen or on your, yeah. your iPad or whatever. So you're just focused on the board and you're moving them. And I think it's also, you know, better since like now I, I have a, a lady in my life to look at me. If I'm playing on my computer, it kind of looks obtuse from a, a, a 90 degree angle that way. You know, she's like, yeah. wow, he's just sitting on his computer. But if you're yeah. playing on a chessboard, maybe somebody's like, hmm. That's interesting, you know. Yeah, that's is legit. He's doing something yeah. productive. <laughs> He's moving pieces of wood instead of uh, yeah. you know, zeros and ones on a screen which looks harder, I guess, or or seems more uh, perceptions reality so it looks like I'm doing something. 
Yeah, that's really cool, though. I think it also helps you if you're spending a lot of time over the board, you're getting more over the board experience than with your actual board. Dude, just next Christmas, all right, buy one. Okay. It's, I've been thinking uh, about it. Believe me. No, please. Like the the little the little air is awesome. So okay, cool. super. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a myriad of options, but mm -hmm. like I would recommend it. Okay, nice. Um, so you've been playing rapid. When you finish your games, do you look at them? Do you just move on to the next one? What's your process like? Well, that's the one hindrance of my new method is that it's not as interactive on the on the on the app that I'm linking with the the digital board. So okay. I just. Uh, think about it later and then i'll look at my computer i'll try to look at the games later but i don't know if i'm really analyzing the games that much i mean i'll look at the quick really maybe two minutes tops. you know gotcha. like, I, like... I really should sit down and think about it but right so it's like play the game take a look at the game any huge errors that jump out to you think about those something like that right like the x if the red x appears i think yep. they kind of they don't stop on the automatic little click button thing so i wish i have to like press it mm -hmm. uh momentarily because i feel like those are important things yeah. to look at but uh, i don't know why it doesn't just stop it does on a blunder but not on a not um, on a little red x because that's a missed win so for yeah. some reason that's a huge you know problem i would think is if i had an opportunity and i didn't take it then yeah what is what is the the deal with that you know yeah and they used to call those blunders now they renamed them to to misses which is not that's hilarious so well, that's more compassionate maybe i should just I think so them blunders and i do because I, I i'm just like if if i had a chance to win the game and then i didn't like <laughs> that's a blunder like you can call it whatever you want i would concur you know? so yeah that's interesting okay so you're playing are you doing any studying? Do you watch videos? Do you read any books? Or is it mostly just kind of playing and getting reps? Uh, it's constantly doing something like uh, I uh, have, you know, a myriad of books on Chessable, a yeah. lot of books in real life. Um, I, I need, I'm always kind of, I think you inspire a lot of it with you. I think you were delving into the, uh, the checkmate patterns one you've spoke about mm, before yeah, you've got that nothing. yeah so i do that one and then i i do the uh you've, you've spoke about um the chess tactics from scratch yep. book that's a great one that is it's awesome so all tactics mostly and then i i i like the openings i think um i i started to well i don't like them like i don't like them sorry <laughs> but i i like them in theory, but they're very frustrating. So, mm. uh, like when you study something, I, I I've started to play that one night F three thing, and oh, okay. I just want to do that because I think it's irritating to people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, are you using like Nate Solon's course? Or are you just kind of like, well, sort of winging it? So that's interesting that chess.com uh just recommends a course at on their thing now, and mm. I went to um. The one it recommended, which was like the Relentless Ready by uh, Benny. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a sim. I mean, it's one night F three ready opening, cool. but it's not the Nate Salone one. So okay, nice. I'm not exactly. Maybe I'll pursue that later. But uh, yeah, it's just Nate's. Nate's a friend and a friend of the show, so I just assume everyone must use Nate's. Well, I just clicked the first one it sent me. So yeah, that makes I didn't, sense. I didn't, and I, I, I think I had still a gift card from last year. And I was oh, like, cool. I was kind of, I still enjoy the 1E4, but then I, I 
do not enjoy the Kyle Khan that much because I, I feel yeah. like I play F6 and then the uh, guy um, never takes my pawn so I can just <laughs> activate my knight. So then I just am like, I feel like I'm losing the tempo. I actually don't like any openings. <laughs> That's why I picked one knight F3, you know. Uh, so. I'm kind of with you. I don't, there's something about like when I, especially when I used to play E4, I hated all the openings. I was like, <laughs> I don't like playing against the Sicilian. The French, the Caro Khan, El Yekins. I just want to play the Roy Lopez, and no one lets me do that. Um, yeah, openings can be frustrating, especially if there's a pile of them that you don't like. Right. And, you know, then they play B3 or something, or B7. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Right. Or C6, you know, after they played. So, like, the ready would be Knight F3, right? They play D5, and then you're like, okay, C4 in the Relentless ready. So then I'm doing a mm -hmm. ready gambit. And okay. then let's say they play C6. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm just in a Carl Khan with <laughs> one C4, you know, and I'm like, yeah. or, and I'm like, what is happening? So, yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's fun. No, I enjoy it. I just, I think it's a love hate. I, I wish I was more confident in openings, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Then I'm so unconfident in everything else that I just feel like any use of the time when I start clicking the move trainer, I'm like, this is mm. not what i need right now that's interesting so it sounds like there's two things going on there one is you would love to have more confidence in your opening so you start spending some time with them but then as soon as you start spending time with them you're like but i'm bad at everything else what am i doing right that's but i really enjoyed the the relentless ready one by benny i mean nice. I, i'm sure that i'll buy the other one i don't know if i'll do it but i'll have it <laughs> so that's cool what do you play on the black side then um so i just barely picked up the one e5 uh from uh or e4 e5 from uh who's darn it i should know his name hang on okay. if you excuse me yeah, i'll have yeah. to think of it but no problem okay so you like to play e5 what are you hoping to see when you play e5 i don't know that's just what everybody tells you to play so this is uh you know one of those uh, he's he's like from Australia. I forget the gentleman's name. Andres Toth, maybe. Yes. Uh, thank you. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. I apologize, but I bought his course. So nice. Um, I just like I said, I was just thinking about the F six thing, where it's like I play C six normally on the Carl Khan on the Keep It Simple for Black, right? So I'm playing mm -hmm. C six and playing the Carl Khan, and then everyone advances that pawn, and then I'll push the one, and then I'll play C three. And then I'll play F6, and then they'll want not take it. And I'm, I don't think I've ever played the Carl Khan right one time, ever, <laughs> you know? Um, so Yeah. And that highlights one of the biggest challenges of spending a lot of times memorizing openings at your level, right? Is that people don't play them the correct way anyway. And so you're kind of like, what am I doing? I memorized all these lines. They don't play main lines. They're just playing whatever they want. And it, it makes, I think it makes openings quite hard at your level. Whenever I play people like my students who don't know opening theory and they just play random moves, it's, it's a, it's kind of jarring where I'm like, but I spent all this time learning the lines. What are you right. doing? That's not even right, but it's still <laughs> fine. Right. It's not like they lost the game or something. That's all right. like trying over the board being like, okay, so what am I actually trying to do with this opening? Now I can't rely on what other people have done. I have to, I have to decide what am I doing with this opening? What are my goals here? And huh. that's very interesting. Well, yeah. 
I mean, clicking through them, I liked that the ready had didn't have a lot of lines. Nice. I mean, it was interesting that the courses I buy that are for beginners are like 480 lines and it's like uh, mm -hmm. 10 moves long. Like, give me a break. I'm never going to get that right. Unless, yeah. like, I actually did this. I recorded the Roy Lopez moves for Keep It Simple um, 1E4 2.0. And it was like, I did the, put it on um, a drive and it was just the Google Drive audio file. And oh. I, I would have like the, e4 e5 knight f3 knight c6 bishop b5 a6 bishop a4 and like i would listen to him but um in about oh. two seconds i would have my attention gone but i think that's mm. something i was exercising to try to do um the visualization thing that i think uh the um Noel Noel talked about or not Noel, sorry bruce mm -hmm. yeah is it Noel Bruce? Neil Bruce. Neil Bruce. Sorry, I've, I'm just reading it wrong because it's digital, you know. So yeah. Neil Bruce. Yeah, he's awesome. But he was talking about visualization. So mm -hmm. I know um, they have that LeeChess.com uh, visualization like thing you can do. It's just if you download, I think it's called like NVDA uh, Audible software for blind people because they had mm. actually a blind guy at the club one night. Believe oh, it or not, wow. so I gave. I lived by a blind center. I took him home, oh, and I'm like, good. "Hey, uh, how do you do this?" You know, and yeah. he's like, "Well, uh, you know, you can learn how to do it on Lee Chess. So if you have that NVDA software active and, and engaged, or the blind person software, and then mm -hmm. uh, if you press enter on the LeeChess.com website, and you can look up a YouTube video on how to do this, like on how yeah. the blind play chess on Lee Chess." And uh, then I would just sit there with, you know, a blindfold and like learn it. And I think oh, what, cool. I think that helps you recall what happened in the game. And then so check it out. You you go through the whole thing on your computer mm -hmm. and you can bring up your phone and click on Lee Chess and you can see the active position. So once you get far enough into the position, you just say, OK, uh, I think that it's like this. I'll say my rooks on a or whatever, you know, yeah. Like uh, the cognitive chess book talks about. So you, you mm -hmm. describe the position in your head and then you look at it and you're I'm not right, but yeah. I'm trying, you know, so. I That's think, cool. Yeah. And you're doing some of this? I was. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm not religious about anything. You get home from work, you're tired, you know, just <laughs> eat food, watch some science. Yeah, stuff. I hear you. Uh, okay, that's interesting, though. That's part of your processes already. Even at your rating level, you've been like, visualization is going to be a really important part of this journey. I'm going to use that as part of my process. That was that RB Ramesh calculation book that I I didn't finish either. None of these anything. You got Ramesh's calculation. Book. Yeah, look, I mean, I get it. It's just I I I, I, I took a, a chemistry course in college one time. I passed that, you know. So I think that I can read something, mm -hmm. but I didn't know it. Yeah, I get it. It's beyond my scope. It's beyond me too. I got it, and I was like, wow, this is a really hard calculation book. I, I felt like it was helpful. It was super cool. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how it's important to visualize, you know? Yep. And I think on Chess, uh, Chessable course website, I bought the whole course from him. Which oh, was wow. like 18 hours. You know, I, it was last Christmas. It was like half off. And oh, I'm like, okay, nice. I get to talk with this professional coach for yeah. 18 hours for 150 bucks. I was like, I'll do it. And mm -hmm. I didn't think twice about it, but it was like a Christmas present to myself. And I haven't yeah. even read and watched it. I haven't watched but seven minutes of it the whole time, <laughs> you yeah. know, so I think we can get obsessed with just 
like stuff like that. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of stuff sort of waiting for you as you reach different levels. You're already going to have a bunch of resources all queued up and ready to go. Yeah, and I still keep buying more. It's sickening. <laughs> uh, Chessable loves you. I'm just saying that. You're Chessable's favorite customer. Well, I love Chessable. That's so cool that we have a digital thing that we don't have to set up a board. Yeah, you know, amazing. Uh, it's it's amazing website. So, um, Let me ask you, I haven't heard anything about um, like rated tournaments or anything yet over the board. Have you gotten into that yet? Or is there a reason why you haven't gotten into it yet? Yeah, I did like four competitions over the last few years. They were oh. all like, uh, I, I played this one, you know, eight-year-old who looked like he was four. And yeah. he was like, he was terrifying. And I looked at the next guy next to me, he's grizzly, you know, biker looking dude. And I was like, this kid is terrifying. <laughs> and uh, he laughed and, and we played a game and it was a draw, you know, like nice. he played uh, Roy Lopez and I don't, I didn't. I mean, I don't know. I played it good enough. So he knew it was a draw before I did. And he was like, draw, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, let's play it out, buddy. You know, and uh, then cool. he just clicked his, he looked discouraged. And then he was yeah. like, check, check, check. And it was over. And I was like, well, I guess it was a draw, you know, thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was so fun because one of the other girls that I had played, I don't know, she was like eight, seven but she was playing the London and I uh, think a lot of times with like, especially kid players who are playing a system like that, that the, a lot of the moves are repetitive and they stop thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you can, and they'll move quickly. So oh, yeah. if you can kind of give them like uh, a, a target and maybe they'll take it. And in this instance, she took this target, which was like a free rook. And then it brought her rook off the back rank and I was able to checkmate her with just my queen mm. um, on this game, you know, and she's mm -hmm. like, I was like, checkmate. And then, so she, she's coming out when she's like, uh, you're getting a lot better this next competition. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, you, you drew my friend. So I guess mm. her friend was actually pretty good. And cool. I got like a photo with him cause he was so <laughs> terrifying. Cool. I was like, this little guy is awesome, you know? Yeah. And, uh, the little the little girl was like you're getting better and like wow a lot cool. of the the players from the chess club don't go to those competitions right i don't know why but i think they're mm -hmm. just so good they play at the blitz yeah and some of them go but most of them don't so <laughs> okay like that's I really cool to hear the kid the little kids are so supportive most of the little kids i've met kind of like stick with themselves so it's cool to hear that they're supportive of you yeah, it's a fond memory. You know, you got this little girl like with a vein sticking in her neck. You're getting way better. And I'm like, thank you. You know, like, thank you. Thank you. And I, I told her, I was like, you know, you should have beat me. And she's like, I know. And, yeah. Okay. So, um. So when was your last tournament then? When was your last competition? Uh, gee, it was a long time ago, like last summer. Mm, okay so do so, you have any on the no, horizon i didn't actually do any last year so okay it would be two years ago any any reason why you haven't been doing them they just weren't that fun they weren't that necessary you've got the club um, i i wanted to go to like the national open and stuff but uh i think that um time flies you know so that was like six months ago and then it, before yeah. that was january so 
I mean, we're already almost in January again, so or June, sorry. Okay. Back to a year from now, but I would love to go do one. I think there's a lot of opportunity to do competitions, but mm-hmm. I really need to do that. It's maybe just fear, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, okay. it's hard. I've also been like working on my journeyman license for electricians. I've mm-hmm. been like kind of reading the National Electrical Code book, and I took yep. a break from all of that uh, technical stuff for three years now in learning chess i was like all right i got two associates degrees which isn't anything magical but i did something and i've Mm -hmm. learned a lot of stuff Uh, i want to learn this one thing and that's what i did but i didn't uh know how hard it was going to be or how in-depth i was going to get into it and then now i'm trying to go back to where i should have finished this stuff three years ago oh gotcha i kind of i kind of like i'm an adult and sometimes consistency isn't possible yeah yeah that, that's the challenge of being the adult trying to get better at anything right yeah i can't i mean yeah i have to do a couple things first yeah you know yeah exactly but if i had my like ratters i would i would love to just sit and play chess all the time but. that's cool so you've got like uh returning to competition is something that you're excited for in the future but may not be an immediate thing that's on the horizon uh as soon as possible you know i've got a couple i've got uh two more tests to complete with the journeyman license and then after that i'll be done nice have a read the national electrical code book again that's awesome i like the the titles that you get that sounds cool journeyman i like that that's a good one well yeah you're a doctor you know so yeah but that feels weird because then people expect you to like fix them and i'm like no i'm i'm the other doctor like i'm just a teacher doctor and they're like oh a loser doctor okay cool no that's that's the greatest uh you know job there is i think so a teacher i don't know if you're teaching chess right no not yet just teach chess to my daughter right now a little bit i don't i'm not i'm not a chess teacher at the moment yeah yeah well i mean that's cool i don't think you can be a player and a teacher they've said Mm. because one you're trying to help somebody and the other time you're trying to tear them apart which is <laughs> that I could mean, be your teaching style <laughs> no yeah yeah like the classic old school football coach you know yeah yeah exactly you're terrible what's yeah. wrong with you yeah good <laughs> work who knows man. i'm four you know <laughs> so. oh man all right um have you thought about coaching at all I- i'm just curious have you have you had any like do you have higher rated players that you work with that that give you tips on your games? Have you worked with yeah. any coaches, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Similar. Another, you know, great. I love your podcast, by the way, Kevin, but you, uh, I get these resources from a lot of it. Well, all of it's from your podcast, almost all of it. Right. So it's like uh, one of your persons who was on this show, I don't know exactly who mm-hmm. uh, they said they had a coach from Serbia Hmm. I don't know where Serbia is, but I was like, all right, I'm going to get a coach from Serbia. So I clicked yeah. on the thingy and uh, on Lee Chess, found a, a great coach. And nice. it was uh, uh, somebody who, you know, reluctantly, I think, met with me for an hour a week for every other week mm-hmm. for a few months, for about right. six months. And um, that's where I think the end game thing would be super important because a lot of it was what he went over and and just tactics. And okay. he told me to play the Carl Count, you know, ah, okay. play, play this, you know, I was like, all right. Okay. So, um, That's cool. He was cool. So but coaching was useful for you. 
And then did you kind of drop it for a while just for the same thing that you're really busy in all kinds of parts of your life? Right. I, I moved, you know, met my lady, moved Yeah. all kinds of stuff. So doing the journeyman test and everything like that. So it's just, uh, I sent him a polite email, you know, saying, you know, I currently am engaged and I don't know if it was like a backhander or whatever, but he was saying, you know, take your time, <laughs> but maybe he thinks that I'm hopeless or something. But, No, he was uh, just saying, he was just being nice, you know, take right. your time, come back whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, David, this has been a really great conversation. It's it's fun to hear how chess is fitting into your life. It sounds like um, you have a really healthy attitude towards chess. It kind of fits in where it fits in. Um, and you're still getting better and enjoying the process. Absolutely. Like, uh, I, I think the over the board tournaments are a lot more severe, you know? So Mm. like those ones, yeah, I want to go and I, I think it's all the way up from here, but, uh, I haven't really plateaued yet. So maybe it's like beginner gains type thing, you know, um, Nice. Yeah, that those I'm excited are fun. about. I imagine once I get farther along, it might be a little harder, you know, to maintain that. Maybe not. Uh, discrepancy. Maybe the sky is the limit for you, David. <laughs> well, we all love chess, right? So we want to learn it and we want to play it. Yeah. And I mean, the the fear of losing, I think like, what was it? We'll just quote Anatoly Karpov where he's like, you know, the only player who doesn't uh, lose is one who doesn't play. Like when he's Bobby Yeah. Fischer running from him, he's like, yeah, I don't want to play, you know, but he was really the world champion or whatever. Not really, you know, because he resigned it. But um, that process is... something that i love so i don't really have a qualms with um where i'm at so Nice. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story with us, David. It was, it was really great. yeah no hey thanks kevin are you are you going to the national i'll see you there maybe right hopefully i'm there Which this one year is the national open? i think that's like june That's the June one. Okay, so here's yeah the deal. I went here's last the deal year. It was great. okay I love the Vegas tournaments. They're my favorite. But <laughs> yeah they moved it up a week, and now it conflicts with the end of school. And I'm not gonna be able to go. I can't. I can't tell the school like, sorry, the last two days of school, I won't be there. Well, nobody even shows up anyway, right? <laughs> Just No. doesn't work for me, unfortunately. Oh, I would love uh, to do that. So I will be skipping it. Instead, I think I'm going to the World Open in Philadelphia. So well, that sounds maybe even something. cooler. Ah, no, the, I love the Vegas tournaments. Those are my favorite. I don't know I've why. never went to one. I'm excited. So, Oh, you're you'll like it. You'll like it. They're they're thank a lot. you, Kevin. Thank you for the time. I appreciate all your service, and the podcast is a, a great joy. So, All right. Thank you so much. Well, thank everybody, you. I hope this is that week where you gain all kinds of rating points and everything goes great for you. But if it's not, and it's a week where, you know, everything's kind of the same or, or gasp, you even lose 30 points like me. Uh, come back next week. We'll have another guest for you. And uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye.